Okay, this week we're going to dive into the mental health side of building your team because the fact is leadership is changing, the workforce is changing, and this is something as all leaders we have to be in tune with. So I'm not asking you to become a psychologist, but you got to tune into it. Also, though, we're going to get into what it isn't. In other words, it shouldn't change what your business is. So we're going to get into all that coming right up. It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back, everybody, to another great show. I hope you are doing something fun this summer. Um, so brand new show here today, and we are going to get right into it. And it is the mental side of building up your team. This is something that is changing for sure, and it probably has been changing for several years, but it's kind of coming to a point through 2020. Of course, I think the corona pandemic definitely kicked it into high gear as far as you get so many people working from home, so many people scared to go to work, in a sense. And and it's really bringing to the forefront what are on people's minds, the stress of things, on top of the fact that how much did people's businesses change because of it. A large portion of the population did lose their paycheck. Many didn't. It just kind of depends on what happened to you and where you were. And so there's so many factors of that. And nowadays, it's got to be part of who we are as leaders and how we can decipher some things and look at some things. Because the point is, uh, you look at, for example, the team dynamics of it all. When when somebody is struggling with something and we don't address it or how we respond to it, those are things you can't hide. And typically a mental health situation is something you do want to keep private. You want to you certainly don't want people running around the office talking about it for sure. But in the same sense, people see behaviors. That's just the bottom line. But they also see how it's responded to, how a company handles it, how an individual manager handles it. And that is key in, in how it affects your team both directions. Does it make them more stressful, make them more miserable, or do they they trust you more? Do they believe in you more that you really are looking out for their best interest, or maybe you're not. It just kind of depends. But all of that really um, depends on how you deal with it. And that's 100% up to you. But one thing, so when you're thinking about people who struggle in a mental space, and it could be it could be a wide range of things. It could be something very heavy clinically diagnosed. It could be something of on an anxiety level or whatever that might be. But you think about the, the, the mental versus the physical health and how you deal with that. So for example, somebody sprains their ankle and you make some adjustments and and how they work, you know, or they break an arm or, or something physical, right? Or they go out for surgery. Um, it, it, you understand. And when you look at stuff like that and how you approach that, well, that's, you see it, right? But we always have this different mind frame when 
when it comes to mental side of things, because let's face it, it doesn't really matter what kind of business you're in or what company you're in. You're really just trying to get things done. You're really trying to be productive and make money and get projects finished and all that kind of stuff. So any kind of detraction from that is hard to do. But we always seem to have an approach that's different from the from the mental to the physical. And there's a lot of good reason for that, because many of us who are managers now were brought up in a workspace where it wasn't even discussed at all, let alone dealt with. But nowadays, the workforce is starting to get a little bit more open and accepting of it, not completely uh, by any means, but it is starting to uh, where people are a little bit more willing to, to bring it up, especially if they feel like you're open to that. Now, of course, they could also go the other direction because unfortunately we probably all had somebody on our team at some point that is willing to tell you way too much stuff that you just didn't need to know. But the fact is, as far as a legit issue of something that is preventing them from doing the best work they can do a little bit more, they're, they're trying to open up. And, and there's a balance. There's a trick here because of you being the leader, them being the person telling you this, at what point is it become a, a legitimate issue that is holding them back and something you can help them work through? And when is it a point where they're just telling you this to try to get out of something or try not to hit some type of goal or something like that? And it's a very delicate balance uh, because it could really go in either direction. One of the things you really need to do as a leader, though, is learn from them. You have to remember that it's their issue, not yours. And so oftentimes it's a little bit different where, like, again, we're talking about physical injuries versus, you know, a, a mental anxiety issue or whatever that is that they have. And it's really easy for us to say, oh, you should do this or you should do that. Or, or you're, you're, you're trying to talk them through a problem and all oh, that. To you, it's not a big deal. So, of course, your advice is going to be kind of easygoing in a sense or, or just not what they need to hear. And you have to remember as you explore some of these things that it's their issue that they're going through from their perception. But, and I know some of you right now are probably thinking, oh, great. So I got to just whatever they want to do or need to do or whatever. And that's not what I'm saying, because here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that your vision and your mission and your strategy need to change. If you've listened to a number of these podcasts, you know I'm, I'm a super huge on having those things. Even if you're not running the whole company yourself, you just got one department, you got one little piece of it, or maybe you are, maybe you're an entrepreneur, small business, that sort of thing. But it's always, you create that vision, mission, and strategy, and you find the right people to go in it. And sometimes some people shouldn't be in it and that's okay. It doesn't make them less of a person. It just means they shouldn't be on your team, but, and that's fine. But it doesn't mean you start changing true standards standards and beliefs and values over that. You help them work through it to so they can still continue to join you in those in those values and in those beliefs. So you can respect them and at the same time protect your culture because ultimately as a leader, that's the number one thing if you've set that up correctly is protecting the culture. So one of the first things you got to do is figure out, are we dealing with a high level issue or a little bit lower level issue? And no, I'm not like trying to judge what's important and what's not important, but there definitely are more impactful mental stress issues than there are others. That's just the fact. And is it a higher or lower level issue? Because here's a fun topic. Let's get into the legal issues, the HR issues. Are, are you just going to leave it up to HR? And how many times has somebody really gone, stepped over a line or quote unquote, got 
trouble because they handled something poorly that they weren't really prepared for because it was a higher level issue. In other words, is it something that's protected when you think about things like the Family Medical Leave Act? And a lot of those issues are. And do they have an issue that is that is diagnosed by a doctor? And it's no different than a physical issue. If, if for example, you go back to, hey, somebody broke their ankle and they can't walk, obviously without crutches and you can't make them walk so far and there's a restriction there, you're going to uh, you're gonna abide by that. You're going to make some changes. Well, it works the same on the mental side and you have to determine if they really have that or not. And you can't just really leave it up to HR for things like that. You have to be in tune with stuff and how to deal with that. And you really need to be in tune with it now as we're talking about it. If you don't have any of these problems, now is the time to really think about that. So when they do happen, you're a lot more prepared than, than you are when you're not. And one of the things you really got to think about too is how does this really impact uh, you as a leader and focusing on how this builds your leadership brand of how you deal with things? Because it is so easy to get wrapped up in everything that's got to get done for the day and deadlines and all of those things that you're so responsible for. But when you really trying to get a team to believe in you as a leader, to believe that you are someone they can rely on, that they can feel connected to, this is a, a really good way to do that. But it's also a great way to institute boundaries in the other direction, meaning just because somebody says they have something they're dealing with doesn't mean they get to just do whatever they want either. And you get to establish those kinds of things. Because typically how you find out about issues is one of two ways, unfortunately, is some kind of traumatic incident or a gradual change in behavior. And you think about how connected are you to those folks that you even notice some of those things. Because the fact is, most employees still feel disconnected. There's an article here in Forbes that they did in 2020. And yeah, it's done through the pandemic year, but it actually matches consistent feedback going all the way back to the year 2000 through the Gallup organization that the percentage of engaged workers ranged from about 31% to 40% at different times over the course of the year, meaning even in the most productive or positive scenarios, at least 60% of employees can't honestly say they feel engaged on the job, which also means they're not connected to you as the leader either. So how do you bridge that gap? How do you stay in touch? How do you stay in tune? And one of the best barometers for that is people's behaviors, especially when there's a change uh, for two reasons. One, just because somebody had some bad news, there's something going on with a relationship at home or something, doesn't mean they get to come in and treat people like garbage at work because they're going through something. And sometimes they just need to be pulled over a little bit and talk to and say, hey, I know you're going through some stuff, but let's focus on what we need to do here and things like that. And maybe, maybe you both agree they need to leave for the day or leave for an hour or whatever that is, but they don't get to treat other people poorly because they're going through something. But at the same time, the fact that you're recognizing they're going through something is really the easiest telltale sign that there's an issue, especially when it's not in their character. Or maybe as a leader, Maybe you have a, a, a surrogate, and I know this kind of is going to sound, oh, do you have a spy um, that tells you stuff? But sometimes, you know, quite honestly, people aren't comfortable talking about it. And especially women to, to, to men leaders, you know, they're going through some stuff. You know, they, they don't want to appear weaker than the guys or, or think that they have to go to a guy to help them through their issue. Like they can't deal, they're not strong enough. And there's all kinds of factors and reasons. But as you continue to build your connections with your team, 
you know, maybe you go up to somebody you typically see working closely with that person and say, hey, you know, is, is so-and-so okay? They just seem to be different today and things like that. So maybe you just need a surrogate that can help you, you know, understand what your teams are going through and stay better connected to the team. You know, the fact is there is a lot of stress at work and we all know that. And as leaders, we have stress too. And it's interesting because as, as leaders or managers, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be tougher. We're supposed to, it's just part of the job, all that kind of stuff. And we have the same emotional responses to anything else. Uh, the same motivating factors of how you talk to somebody who's not a leader, to somebody who is. We're just talking about different stuff, but we're all human. We all respond the same way. The fact of the matter is there is a lot of stress in the workplace and there is. And how you can set your culture uh, means everything. I've said it time and time again, and I'll continue to say it, that your attitude as the leader, your demeanor, how you deal with things, that is the thermostat for your team's culture. It doesn't matter how much you talk about it, how much you bring it up, how you handle things, how you respond to things, that and that those little interactions, that is really where that connection is made or lost, depending on how you handle it. So in this article from stress.org, <laughs> kind of sad that there's actually a website just for stress, but 83% of US workers suffer from some kind of work-related stress. And US businesses lose up to 300 billion uh, yearly as a result of workplace stress. And stress causes around 1 million workers to miss work every single day. Only 43% of US employees think their employer care about their work-life balance. That's a pretty huge stat. Depression leads to 51 billion in costs due to absenteeism and 26 billion in treatment costs. And work-related stress causes 120,000 deaths and results in 190 billion in healthcare costs yearly. So some general stats on stress. Uh, again, this is at an article stress.org and I will put the link in the show notes for you to review. 55% uh, of Americans are stressed during the day. So more than half, almost every single day are stressed from one thing or another. And now here, now what it doesn't say is what level of stress. And here's one caveat I'd put in here. Not that like saying being stressed out is okay, but you know, we rest in our comfort zones. We don't grow, we rest. And if you're not doing something that doesn't have some kind of level of stress, you do have to wonder what it is you're accomplishing. How are you growing? What are you changing? What are you responsible for if there's zero stress? And honestly, when I read this stat and I was kind of preparing for the show, I was thinking, what, what job out there does it? Like what, seriously, like what kind of job would have hardly any stress whatsoever? That, that would produce something. I, I don't know. There's got to be very, very few. Another stat on a scale of one to 10, Americans rate their stress level as 4.9. So kind of half, which, you know, honestly, I guess, uh, I, obviously it'd be nice to see that a little bit lower, but um, it, this is an improvement from 2007 when the rating was a disturbing 6.2. Now you got to remember too, right then, you know, you hear about the housing bubble of 2008. It really was a little before that, that people realized things weren't right. Jobs were being lost. Businesses weren't really growing. So that kind of makes total sense. Maybe like 3% would be pretty good. Again, you can't have a, a totally stress-free a job and then turn around and say, well, look at all this stuff I accomplished. There's just no way to grow there. Number three, Americans age 30 to 49 are the most stressed age group. Drawing from Gallup's poll on stress levels between different age groups, we can see that 65% of the 30 to 49 group experience stress. 
Americans aged 15 to 29 are right behind them at 64, while 44% of people older than 50 are feeling stressed out. Um, and that's my category. I'm 51. But that kind of makes sense when you think about it a little bit. And follow me here just a bit. 39 to 40, you are in the midst of all of it, getting your career really growing. You're probably, quite a few of you, raising children, trying to balance all that. One of the things that's not really talked about a lot at work is aging grandparents. So if you're, I don't know, 45, 50 uh, and above, you may have some parents that are ailing. So a lot of times we talk about childcare and things like that, but sometimes you're stressed out that you have a parent that their health is failing and you have to deal with that. Um, and that's really tough to do. And obviously the Americans 15, 15 to 29 right behind them, well, you know, they're trying to get their life going. They're trying to understand things. They're trying to understand who they are, what direction they're going to take. And a lot of that makes total sense. Number four, women are stressed out more than men. The gender gap seems to be present when it comes to stress. Unfortunately, according to the APA, stress in America in the 2016 survey, on a scale of 1 in 10, women described their stress as 5.1, and among men, it was 4.4. We have an ability to um, suppress a lot of that, and for good or for bad, I don't know, because eventually sometimes that comes out in a very um, unhealthy way, where maybe women feel more stressed, but they're actually working through it a little bit more than we are as men, and maybe that's something we can learn from for sure. Number five, in 2018, a third of U.S.-based responders visited a doctor for something stress related. That's one thing to be stressed, to feel stressed, but you're seeking medical help. That's a pretty big deal. And if we're approaching a third, we got a lot to deal with. Among those that have diagnosed mental health condition, 54% visited a doctor. 52% of Generation Z in the U.S. have been diagnosed with mental health issues. This is notice, uh, noticeable generation gap between baby boomers and Gen Z in terms of stress, while 52% of Gen Z has diagnosed with mental health issues. Only 41% of baby boomers have been. I guess you can just think through some of that logically of how people were raised as baby boomers, what they went through. Children of parents of, of the Great Depression and World War II, and then just technology differences and stresses of trying to put it all together, of education, of social media influences, and you name it. Uh, I think each generation kind of has a little bit more to deal with when it comes to that. Another stat, 63% of U.S. workers are ready to quit their jobs due to stress. In 2019, the State of Employee Communication and Engagement Study conducted by Dynamic Signal also revealed how many workers are on the edge of quitting their jobs because of stress. Nearly two-thirds of the survey workers, 63% to be precise, are ready to quit. And they're, they're ready to quit their jobs as a result of the stress. So as leaders, how do we dig into some of these things? How do we kind of take care of things that we right the ship, we, we move things forward? At the same time, we don't become an enabler of things. We don't run from one mental health issue to another with people people. That's a delicate balance you have to play as a manager. And I think one of the things I think we really have to differentiate here is mental health doesn't necessarily mean mental illness. So you really want to categorize them as mental illness is something clinical, it's diagnosed, it's it's probably something that's chronic that that can pop up every once in a while but they can't they kind of can't control it somewhat. So think more in terms of behavioral health and how your team is and what what people are going through rather than the mental health of it. Thinking of mental health versus mental illness, thinking of mental health is just like physical health. How how it energetic are your people are? How engaged are they? 
on a physical level. Well, same thing applies to the mental level. How do you get them there? How do you get them to really dive into all the stresses and things coming at them and stuff like that? Absolutely derails productivity. And then add into the mix us as leaders. How do we, what are we demanding out of them? How do we handle problems? How do we exacerbate issues we didn't know we had? Some of them, how many times do we see people create issues we didn't even have? I'm sure you work for some of that. Or as I've talked several times about the leadership pendulum where the C-suite level and the CEO and all that kind of stuff they're the visionaries of the company, visionaries of, of what you guys are doing. And the people that are getting the work actually done are down on the execution level. But right in the middle of the middle management is the bridge level. But unfortunately, they're not the visionary. They're not the execution level. They have to depend on other people to do that. So what they really wind up doing is kind of justifying why they need to be there. And a lot of times they demand things that aren't realistic. They want stuff done before it can be done. They don't think things through before they want to implement something. They don't think about downstream effects that just drive stress forward even more. You have all these things bombarding you, both as a leader and as a, as a team just trying to get stuff done. And if we think about protecting the mental health of things. So if your company was bright enough to go ahead and create a vision, mission, and strategy, maybe some of the things as a leader that you can do, even like I said, even if it's just in your own little area of the company, your own little department, is whatever's going on, does that align with what's in that? What's in your strategy? What's in your mission statement? And the things that aren't there maybe need to be called out. They don't need to be there. And it's just driving things really, you know, it's just driving things into the ground because we're worried about things we shouldn't even be talking about. And, and as a leader, you got to think about things like that. You got to think about things, about things you don't want to talk about, like compliance and federal regulations. And depending on your type of leadership style, you might not even be that kind of person that can deal with that, but you got to recognize it. You got to know who you can lean on in your company to help you with those things when somebody's really going through something that needs some help, that, that is struggling with some things. That is on us. Whether you actually can solve the problem or not is not the, the answer. The answer is where you get the answer. Maybe it is you. I have a very easy time, if you will, listening to people and from their perspective on what they're going through. I still filter it through, through what we should be doing as a team. What is our culture? What is our expectations? All of that. But I am an easy person to, to, to talk to because I like to listen to that kind of thing and I don't mind doing it. But if you're not, that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad leader, but you should know who you can send that person to. So here's some practical things you can do to connect better and be it in a proactive way. And this is, this is really the key because I'm telling you the whole mental health side of the workforce that is really coming to fruition is not going away. And as leaders, the, the, the more you don't embrace that, you don't think about that, the harder it's going to be for you. I promise you. And But being proactive about it is really the way you can help get ahead of it and be ready for it. So when something like that does happen, you know exactly what you want to do and how to help them solve their problem at the same time, protecting your culture and your team. So one of the things you can do is go back to podcast number six. Your culture level will always exceed your execution level. It absolutely will that you say, like I said, say what you want about what you think you want to get done. Get the wrong culture, 
the execution won't happen. And there's some great steps in that podcast. Also, how to really set the table with your team. And by the way, it is not too late to kind of reset that. So if you haven't done that, and obviously if you're going to come along and start saying those things, your team's going to have questions like, oh, why are you talking about this now? Say, well, this is something I should have already been talking about, but now here I am and kind of go through that. So that is a great podcast to start with. So number one, let's set up some expectations for you. Again, how are you going to handle it? You got to be thinking about what would you do really uh, if you really think about it with your entire team what would you do if somebody was missing I don't mean missing like nobody could find them I mean they just weren't there that day uh, how would your team function you know we don't really like to think about a lot of turnover and want good retention and all that but what would you do so you think about things like how would you handle stuff like that how would you handle somebody with a physical issue unfortunately you know, maybe somebody in your team has a bad car accident can't work for a week or two or maybe even a month how do you deal with that exact same thing applies to the mental health side so be thinking thinking now about how you're going to deal with it. And what you really got to have is two traits that you must show. And one is confidentiality. And like, again, sometimes it can't be hidden because it happens in front of the team or even just how you talk to people. You know, if, 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 if we constantly go into the manager's office and close the door and every time that happens, something bad is happening. Well, everybody knows you're basically in the principal's office, right? You got, it's, it's, it's negative. It's, it's somebody's in trouble, all that kind of stuff rather than that. Or maybe you have different places you can meet like a conference room. Maybe you don't, I don't know. Maybe you just got a cup of coffee somewhere. But one of the things you got to consider is the confidentiality of dealing with it, obviously. And the other one is empathy. Again, it's their issue. You got to learn it from their perspective. And when they're done telling you, it's okay to say, okay, well, how do we connect that with who we are, with our culture, with our daily strategy? You know, daily behaviors and decisions, which is our daily strategy. How do we still connect that even though you're going through something? And you got to have both of those, the confidentiality and the empathy. You got to be known as a safe resource or direct them to one that they know it's, it's okay to interact with you. And again, maybe surrogates on your team can help you with that. But here's one of the best ways to create that is you just start asking people, how are they? Seems simple enough, but ask them, how are they? Uh, I've mentioned before, have you ever checked in with your team and said, you know, just almost like a job, like, or like re-interviewing them for a job in a sense, you don't go through the whole thing, but just for a few minutes, maybe ask them, hey, what is what is the, the, the thing you really don't enjoy about your job? And what is the thing you really do enjoy about your job? And and if you could change it, what would it be? And if you just ask those questions every once in a while, it's not something you have to think about once a month or something like that. But certainly that way, just asking some of those questions to get some kind of response, build some kind of rapport that you're actually interested. And you need to be like, sincerely interested, obviously, because people can spot a fake for sure, especially if they think you were tasked with asking these questions to see if everybody feels okay. That is not what you want to do. You want to be able to just really connect with people and just ask them, hey, how are you? And what are you going through? And what bothers you? And whatever transpires, always follow through. And that can be a whole range of things. That could be you're finding help for them. You're finding counseling for them. Or it could be you're going to work on something for them. Or, hey, you're going to set up a time where we're, we're just going to check in with each other every so often and put it on your Outlook calendar or some other kind of reminder. But follow through whatever it is you're going to say, because if you do all this work on the front end where you're designing your culture and laying it all out and getting people to understand it, and then you even become a safe resource space for everybody and all that. But if you don't follow through, it's going to fall apart on you and you're going to lose all those connections you gain. So always, always, always follow through. So really to sum all this up, no, you're not a psychologist or even 
even a camp counselor, because sometimes you think when, when multiple problems come that that's all you're doing is you're just a camp counselor and don't think about it that way. But you got to understand the future of leadership is changing, whether you change or not. It is absolutely becoming different. And your connection to people as a person will be such a huge currency that you need in order to, to connect with people. And your connection to people will ultimately decide how well your team is going to do, whether it's hiring, mentoring, accountability, all of that is going to determine your team's success based on how you connect with them. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show and check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.